bullshit, it's all just dumb gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics, like we're talking about reality TV. Uh, and while we were luxuriating in Palm Springs, falling off of the wagon, mm-hmm. um, Trump was found guilty of <sighs> sexual abuse and yep. defamation. I mean, there's been trial after trial after trial after trial. And impeachment after impeachment and trial and impeachment since we started this motherfucking podcast. Mm -hmm. And he has never been found guilty ever of anything. So uh, pretty anticlimactic. (laughs) We were drunk poolside without a care in the world. He's going to appeal. Of course. So two things I want to say. One, the best part of the whole thing. If anyone watched his deposition or whatever, uh, I didn't sit and watch the whole thing. We haven't, I haven't had time yet, but I do kind of want to. But there were two takeaways that were great. One, of course, is that E. Jean Carroll, who, the one who accused him of rape. I hate that that's her name. I know. A Jean. Why is her name a Jean? It's like, I know. come I know. on. I know. I know. E. Period. Jean. Dot. Carol. But it's basically just like aging Carol with an it's E. Bad. Aging. I know. Aging Even Lewis Carol would be better. Aging Carol. Yeah. Peging Carol. Edging. Aging. Yeah. Aging. It's but not it sounds good. like people are saying Jean. Aging. Yeah. Like e- the Dai Ching. They'll like say the Aging Carol, but it sounds aging like Carol. aging. Yeah. Aging. <laughs> which is aging. Yeah. And or even if it's just aging, just ugh, it's unfortunate. Now, the lawyer for Trump who, as we know, is a roided out, you know, very tan, thick skinned caveman. Uh And but apparently he's a scrappy, street smart, good lawyer, according to to Roy. Uh, He went, he shook hands with Yijing after the (laughs) trial. She said she said, you know, she had to think for a second to even shake his hand. She did. She looked him in the eye and she said, you know, he did it. And. Roy Detelli, <laughs> yeah, um, didn't say anything, and they went along their way. Now I like to think that that's Roy Detelli going. I know he did it, but I'm as his defense attorney. Even better, the best thing that happened was they showed, you know, part of Trump's entire cornerstone with not raping E. Jean Carroll or <laughs> raping any of the women he's raped is that he's just not into them. Yeah, that they're all dogs. They're not his type. Right. Well, they showed him a picture of E. Jean during the time. <laughs> Back in the Dizay. Back in the Dizay. And they showed him a picture and they go, Don, here's a picture. <laughs> we want you to tell us who's in this picture. And he said, huh, 
oh, that's my wife, my then wife, Marla. And the lawyer, <laughs> the, the lawyer goes, nope, that's Ejing. Beep boop, bop bop, beep boop, bop bop, you fucked. So the motherfucker, and then he, without skipping a beat, he was like, oh, my eyes. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I thought, mm, oh, the picture, it's sepia tone. Like, Ejing apparently was Ejing not as well as he thought. Also, fucking in addition, George Santos, um, yes. that stupid lying piece of yes. congressional shit, mm-hmm. got indicted for fraud, right. money laundering, theft of public funds, <laughs> and false statements. So <laughs> that happened. 13 federal charges he is being charged with. And he has $500,000 in bail so that he can, or bond, I'm sorry, $500,000 bond. So that he can stay on the streets. Now, true to um, the absolute dumb gayness of this podcast, we, of course, have on a guest this week um, that we pre-taped on Friday before we went to Palm Springs. And prior to George Santos getting indicted. Yeah. So it is not mentioned in the interview. However, um, he does say that he feels that it would be best for the Democratic Party for George Santos never to be indicted right. and just to stay firmly entrenched up the Republicans' um, uh, penis holes. Yes, exactly. So, unfortunately, uh, we didn't get to have the joy of the indictment, but we do get to talk a lot about um, some good stuff. But I think that the same way that our guest said that that – um, it's best for the Democrats that George Santos not be indicted. Yeah. The Republicans knew that, too. So they were like, you're done, bitch. And they drop kicked him right over to the indictment. They were right. Like, get over. out of the party. Yeah. Get out of Congress. Get the fuck out of here. We don't want you affiliated with us. It was just too much. It's like they'll keep anyone. They'll literally keep anyone. If you can hide your crimes, they'll keep you. Yeah. And they've proven that they'll keep you. You can rape. You can kill. You can suck dick in a fucking corner lot of a child. Yeah. You can fuck a dog. Literally, you could rape millions of kids. But as long as they you keep it secret, yeah. they'll keep you. He just couldn't keep it secret. It Mm-mm. all came out. Yeah. And he he just couldn't. It was just like. And then he doubled down upon down upon down upon down. I mean, uh, to the point where it's like, at what the 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 best one so far is the unemployment fraud, which is just a delight because this idiot just has it's just if you're gonna do unemployment fraud just make sure you don't have another job it's that easy very easy we've all done it very all you need to do is get you just don't have you cannot have another w2 your other job job has to be under the table you dumb fucking dumbass it's basic poor people 101 poor people 101 you know how to commit unemployment fraud of course actors (laughs) live on unemployment it's the backbone of actors you don't take unemployment while working on a payroll job and certainly not run being the fake ceo (laughs) of skyline heritage bridge financial institution you're just so dumb i mean he's just so dumb he belongs in prison because he's too dumb to be out in public yeah and honestly, I don't care if it was best for the Democratic Party. We got to get these like yeah. 
grotesque people out of politics, out of Congress, out of our government. I mean, at the end of the day, he still was representing a bunch of losers in New York who have gone on record and said they would still vote for him again They'd because still. he's a Republican. Exactly. And they deserve it. But we can be we can go high like Michelle Obama mm -hmm. when they go low and just be like, get out of Congress, get out of our faces. There needs to be a precedent set. You can't be lying on the resume. Okay. And because Trump, and I'll just say this quickly, because Trump is <laughs> was fucking found guilty of sexual abuse and George Santos is 13, whatever, um, the Republicans gave a, like, however many of the House uh, Oversight Committee gave a press conference today so that they could distract and deflect. And um, I highly recommend people look it up because it is a hypocritical's um, handbook, handbook and delight and theatrical theater show to watch. Just Google it. So we got this postcard in the mail of this little handsome dude. OK, mm -hmm. and I will tell you that I knew exactly who it was. I knew this was Sarah Wybright Decker's baby Jack. Mm -hmm. I knew I saw it. It's. I just he look first of all he looks like her I feel uh -huh. even though she, her hair is darker than his he's giving you he's giving you a strawberry blonde very cute but mm -hmm. I, he just he looks like her to me he's so recognizable the baby is <laughs> maybe he is a fucking gem among men this do kid. you think he and maybe he, <laughs> and I would bless the union <laughs> of Jack and Goldie yeah. I mean, Jack's younger than Goldie, but well, listen, she can do her thing. 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 He is. He's very cute. He's so adorable. He really His is. His energy comes through. And like, Sarah, I can't remember where you live, but if you were even in the vicinity. Now, actually, I mean, I would I would say to start with him in commercials, which you're going to need to really be in, mm. in L.A. or New York. But even if you're near Atlanta or Jersey or um, Nashville, they do them now. New Orleans, they do them. But the kid is a star. He belongs in commercials. I don't know what to say. Look at him. He's just. No, he's super, super, super cute with lots and lots and lots of lots of lots of personality. And she writes, hey, guys, I wanted to send you a couple of updated pictures of your son, Jack. He, well, I guess he and Goldie can't date then since they're both our children. Um, he turned one year old on February 18th. He loves Honey Nut Cheerios. Who doesn't? TV remote controls. Agreed. And listening to you both on the way home from daycare. He has finally figured out that sleep is amazing. So mama is finally feeling more like herself because she's getting more than three hours of sleep at night now. He's walking and babbling and he's just a happy little guy. As always, love you both. Keep fighting the good fight and know we all appreciate you so much. So much. much. Sarah and Jack Decker. Mm. Oh, we're dropping the wipe. It's just it's just Jack Decker, man. He's an ad exec mm. who does light sexual harassment, but in a fun way. Yeah. Um, in the fifties, he also like um, when he gets off work, he puts on a fleece and like goes like yeah. hiking and stuff. Yeah, he takes a dog out. They have a big dog. Yes, he's yes. got a full size dog. Yeah, I can't wait for this picture to be on the drug den bulletin board. Mm -hmm. He just he's a delight to look at. He's a delight for the eyes. It just you can't be pissy. I mean, I could probably find a way to, but looking at this. Very cute. You know, it yep. just get it's Sarah, thank you so much for sending that. Yeah. Really, it's mm, chef. It's uplifting. Kiss. Yeah, it really is. Mm -hmm. Now, Nick from New York, okay? Oh, Nick. Oh, Nick. 
Nick. <laughs> it's Barbara. He finally. Oh, hello. Nick, Nick from New York. It's me, Nick. Hi. Can <laughs> he, I come in? He finally sent us his picture for the drug den bulletin board, okay? He swears he's one of our 14 fucking listeners. We haven't seen Nick. Now, um, he sent us also, in addition, one personalized hoodie that he made for himself in Paris. <laughs> because when you think of Paris, you think of Nene Leakes telling Kim Zolciak to go to Bedwig. So now we have a black hooded sweatshirt that says Goodnight Wig on it. Okay, personalized in wow. Paris, France. Just in time for Kim Zolciak and Croy's fake divorce. Oh, my God. I mean, okay. Brandy and Julie, I'm Nick, as pronounced internally ever after. Nick. We exchanged DMs in January about how your Patreon has been a big help for me during a hard time. But enough with the depressing shit. Enclosed is a custom goodnight wig hoodie I had made in Paris on a vacation last year. I'm passing it on because in bringing... In binging the Patreon, I've learned of our shared love of Lenithia and that fateful night on Watch What Happens Live. <laughs> Please note this garment is too big for both of you, as well as Brandy's husband. In fact, the three of you could probably fit into it at once. So that's great. The good news is that it's never been worn. It got buried in the back of my closet and I've lost a bunch of weight since I got Oh, oh since I look got at, it. Look at his pick. Well, good for fucking you. Honey is spelt as Kim. Wow. Wow. With these caveats in mind, rock it or regift it or burn it or who gives a fuck. I've also enclosed a pick for the drug den bulletin board. Thanks again for the laughs. In the immortal words of our Lord and Savior, Mariah Carey, I had a vision of love and it was all that you turned out to be. I said what I said. Nick. I said what I said. Now, Nick, what you might not know about me is that I wear what size I only wear black Hooded sweatshirts. What size are they, ma'am? Like XXL? I prefer triple XL, which is not normally available. I will settle on a double XL. So while you think that the hoodie was too big for everyone, it was actually perfect for me um, because I like to wear a Lululemon. Um, this is like when I get up, when I'm doing my, my active wear to go out or right. just to work out. I wear a Lululemon and then I wear a long sweatsh hooded sweatshirt that's like a dress, mm -hmm. no bra, mm -hmm. and Mau Mau sees it every single day. I left here in it and went to the tanning salon yep. in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. so it is in my possession at where it will stay because I live for a humongous sweatshirt. Yeah, so this is perfect. I was pretty stoked. Yeah, and it's a faded black. Oh, it's very um. It's very on trend, as they do in Paris. You know, it looks very surfery. Mm. I, it's 100% cotton. Mm. I love it. Wow. I love his picture. Now, here's what he wrote on his picture. Um, Nyak from New York is very funny. Okay, so on the picture it says, 90s technology alert. My mother's brand new Discman purchased because her old one broke. I need the waves to sleep when I'm traveling. Mm. Oh, and inside of it is like a disc that's says oceans mm. um and he's wearing sunglasses in the pic now what i wondered was mm. does he need the waves or does his mom need the waves while she's traveling that's a good question i'm going to say mom needs them yeah <laughs> you know what i mean it's I'm 90s technology listen all that stuff comes back i can't say that i haven't considered getting a fucking yellow 
Sony Discman somewhere online, like from eBay. You know what I mean? Or an, a Walkman. Yeah. A full Walkman. on Walkman. Yeah. You know Clutch. what I'm saying? Clutch for sure. Now, he did. I don't know if he's one of our 14 listeners or if he just went back and listened to all the Patreons, which we recommend doing. Go to julianbrandy.com if you're interested in hearing our Patreon podcast. Nick clearly listens. He knows about our love for Lenethia. Yeah. He knows about our love for Mariah Carey. He knows about Terminally Ever After, which was our third script we ever wrote. <sighs> um, where Nick. Nick. Try our Patreon, julianbrandy.com, or you can click on the link in the description of this uh, podcast. We have a free episode for you right there. It's $1 for one hour episode a week, $2 for two hour episodes a week. Two whole separate hours. No politics. Just None. all, no. Nick. Oh, hello. Okay, now we get to hang out with a very important gay person and talk some shit. Okay, this is our segment called Talking Shit, where we hang out with activists and agitators and talk shit about politics. Why? Because talking shit is fun, and we think it's funny. And even though some dumbass bitch left a review saying that she can't listen to this podcast because we are, quote, too ranty, she can fuck ranty right off and go listen to an NPR <laughs> podcast because Pee Wee 23 has turned into a non-consensual fuck in the ass with no lube, and we physically need to talk shit so we don't do violence on Republicans voting against human rights. Exactly. But lucky for us, our guest today could never be described as annoyingly ranty. He's the senior editor and lead writer for the freaking fucking advocate. Okay. The advocate. Like, come on. If you don't know the advocate, it's the world's oldest and largest LGBTQ plus news site. It's huge. It's enormous. It's everything. And this guy is the senior editor. Uh, there's not an issue affecting the LGBTQ community that he hasn't written about. And I'm talking long, thoughtful articles, like hundreds of thousands of them. He, they're like books. <laughs> they are. The articles are each books. And I feel like they're art of books. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're barticles. Yeah. Um, he's so smart and so accomplished and he knows so much about politics. We have no idea why he agreed to do our stupid podcast, but he said yes and he's stuck now. So without further ado, we are so excited to talk shit about gay Republicans with the advocates, John Casey. Hi, Hi John. John. <laughs> First of all, you guys have to be wasted to say that shit about me because... That's an exaggeration if I ever heard one. Well, we were definitely wasted when we wrote it, John, because we always are. <laughs> but it's it, we are really, really excited to have you here. Um, I do want to let um, our 14 listeners know before we um, talk shit about gay Republicans um, that we originally planned for you to come back again next week to tell us about your baller ass interview with Nancy Pelosi. 
But we want you to know it's okay if you change your mind after you see how dumb this podcast is. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, let's play it by year. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll revisit at the end. Okay, yay. Let's talk shit about LGBT because we don't understand LGBT Republicans. Well, you and me both. Let me, uh, you know, um, used to be, I worked back in, uh, worked on the Hill back in the late 80s and through the mid 90s. And when you were a Republican back then, you, you know, you, you went out drinking with Republicans and Democrats. I mean, people hung out together. Nobody, nobody cared. <laughs> and uh, it's not like that now. It's bullshit. They just, the, the Republicans are a, an island unto themselves. And man, they do nothing for our community. And um, I wrote the cover story for, um, I guess it's last month now, um, for the April issue of The Advocate, which was about how pathetic Republicans are towards the LGBTQ community. And that article, the, that barticle, um, <laughs> I, we thought was so interesting because you really do a deep dive, like sort of almost giving a history of log cabin Republicans, how they got started, um, sort of where the party started to really sh- just give it to the gays during Reagan and how it's just escalated since then. We thought things got better, but, but they haven't been, they've been getting worse. First of all, what is the point of being a log cabin Republican? That's (laughs) befuddling. What do you do? And they don't do anything. And that's Republicans. You know, the, the last, first of all, we'll go back a little bit. Um, a little more serious, but the, the first Republican to to come out um, was a Maryland congressman, uh, Robert Bauman, in 1980. And he had to come out because he was charged with soliciting sex from a minor. Oh, no. So, oh, yes. So, you know, I mean, this is how the history of the Republicans started. And it ain't got much better than that, because the, the next one was about um, uh, same year or a year later was a Mississippi Republican congressman who got arrested in a public bathroom stall for having sex with a minor. So, you know, and then you have, you know, a couple of years ago, Mark Foley, um, another Republican sending uh, uh, sex to, to, to Capitol pages. I mean, it never ends. Um, But the very first Republican that was sort of um, uh, out and in Congress. He wasn't out. He was in the closet with Stuart McKinney. And he was from Connecticut. And I came on the Hill in 1987, spring of 1987. And he died there. And he died of AIDS. And so at that one moment, it put AIDS and homosexuality on top of each other for the Republican Party. And it was only a month before that, that that stupid ass president, Ronald Reagan, first gave a speech about AIDS. And it's because Elizabeth Taylor pretty much had to drag him by the balls to do it. And yet people, um, people worship Reagan. (sighs) Like they worship Reagan as if he's this, you know, um, prophet or some sort of Moshia coming to save everybody. What, what, what do you think? I mean, and I had a gay uncle and I remember one of the things that he um, said was that he loved Reagan. And I, to this day, I I probably think about it every day and I don't understand why. Yeah. I, you know, I'm going to be really honest with you. When I was in college, you know, back in the eighties, I thought Ronald Reagan 
was, you know, and I like a hero. And I had a, I remember I had a campaign poster in his, in, in my, uh, in my dorm room. And, and I think I, I, I think that's the first time I remember having a thing for daddies. Maybe <laughs> that was the reason, mm. but he was horrible. He, he ignored AIDS. And just imagine if Jimmy Carter, God bless him, still hanging on. Um, if Jimmy Carter would have been elected president, I mean, an AIDS epidemic might have been thwarted because Carter would have paid attention and given the money it deserved. Mm. And I have, you know, I, I, in this job, I've been very fortunate to talk to so many amazing people. But I've had several conversations with Dr. Fauci about that time. Mm. And, you know, they, they tried everything to get money for, for research, for care. Because these these men were dying left and right, and they, mm. Fauci had patients, so this was affecting him personally, and so Reagan was just in denial and didn't want to mention AIDS, didn't want to mention the word gay. That was just you didn't mention it to him, because you know his whole thing was being sunny and optimistic, and this brought him down because well, he only had one little penny for a brain. But anyway. <laughs> Um, he, uh, then in, uh, this is a really great story. So Rock Hudson was one of, uh, Ron and Nancy's best friends from Hollywood. Talk about a daddy. Wow. Yeah. Talk about a daddy. Yeah. Rock Hudson could get it. <laughs> I only wish that I'd lived in another lifetime and I was Doris Day in drag <laughs> because I would have had him. But anyway, so, so Rock Hudson was one of their close friends. Okay. He ends up coming to the White House like in 1985. He has a, a, a Carposi sore on his neck. You can, he tried to hide it under his hair. And there he is hugging around in Nancy. So when he died, this is one of their good friends. Remember that. The uh, press people, as they always do, and I did. I was a press secretary, so I know how this was done. So they all sat in a room, and they went over all kinds of ways to say how sorry they were that he died. And they gave it to Reagan. And it said, our close friend, Rock Hudson. And he crossed that out. And he said, acquaintance. And there were any, wow. any, any reference to a personal relationship with Ron and Nancy. Uh, he, he crossed out. And the picture of that is in a great book by uh, Jamie. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. But it's called uh, the Se Washington, D.C., The Secret City, which was a gay underground in Washington. Yeah. And so Reagan, Reagan was just mind-boggling how awful he was to our community and how he, you can't say, he was responsible for millions of deaths because he did nothing about AIDS and HIV. Didn't want to say gay, but guess who did? His own son. <laughs> That's who wanted to say gay. Yes, I mean, I mean, I don't know if he is or not. I heard the rumors when I was on Capitol Hill. I remember him flipping around in the ballet thing, and back then you thought, oh, anybody in ballet flippers was gay. <laughs> So um, Ronald Reagan probably he, uh, was in the closet himself. God only knows. Exactly. And you know what? Right. That was a, a, a revelation. I never thought Julie was literally probably once a week will like lament about gay guys that um, like love Reagan. And I never thought, oh, they probably just love him because he's hot. Right. Because he was hot. Yeah. I mean, he was a good looking guy. And especially for, for younger people that are just like, you know, all you really care about is like a head of hair and like, yeah. you know, the, the sides of someone's face. You're not really looking closely and at the nuance. It's like, yeah, I mean, I thought he was he was handsome and maybe maybe that's the thing. 
Maybe it is the you thing. You know? Yeah. Gay guys well, will let, I mean, not to generalize, not being a gay man myself, but I think they'll let hot guys get away with more than they would mm-hmm. let, you know, an unfortunate looking man mm-hmm, get away with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If, uh, you know, I was dating a really hot gay politician, you could do anything you want as long as <laughs> he, he was looking at me with candy eyes. That'd be okay. <laughs> candy eyes. Oh my God. I love that. Now, I think, I mean, We wonder regularly why these assholes exist, even worse than just women Republicans, you know, for for us, because that's that's our thing is like these. Uh, Well, you know what? If I can interrupt you for a second. So we are one of my colleagues on the staff. She's she's amazing. She's been with the advocate for like 35 years. And I and I uh, so she gave me names of people to reach out to for this for the article that I wrote. And I said, do you have any women? And she wrote back and she said, lesbians are too smart to be Republicans. How about that? I know. Are there any? I can't think of any famous lesbian. Republicans. I do wonder if Jodie Foster is an in the closet repub. Oh, just because she's Who? like fr- Jodie Foster, just because she's friends with Mel Gibson, took her a oh. long, long time to come out. Is she Republican? I said th- I wonder if she's an in the closet Republican. Yeah, but I mean, oh. she's never said um, her political affiliation. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I-, I do like that though, and I think they are too smart. I, well, first and foremost, I, I believe it, most of them come from religion. We, you know, wow. you know, they were raised in a religious background. Um, we interviewed a log cabin gay Republican because that's what it is. Log cabin Republicans are gay, gay people. Right. That's what that means. Well, or you, what? you don't necessarily have to be a log cabin Republican is like a suit is like a pack. It's like a it's like a you have to join it. So yeah. I could be gay and be a Republican and not be a log cabin Republican. But can you be a log cabin Republican and not be gay? I don't think so. Okay. Well, no, we... you have to be gay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. we interviewed a guy who was like the head of like the L.A. chapter or some shit in, you know, early on in the podcast. And um, I often like think about him now since COVID and QAnon and mm. and and wonder if he switched over because mm-hmm. like you said it like there was a period of time where republicans and democrats would like bro out and probably you know blow lines in the bathroom and get hookers together and do whatever po- politicians do in dc but no more everything is totally separated and he you know people either went totally extreme or they left the party i think um, did you ever have the feeling, though, even though you're broing out and blowing the lines and tap, tap, <laughs> tap and whatever, and we're all cool and we're all bros, was there ever a feeling of, um, wow, we're bros until you guys go in the house and you start legislating against me? That's that's where I get stopped in my tracks for gay Republicans, where you're like, you're literally within a party that has used you from the beginning of their inception to um, divide the country. So yeah. and now you're in there and you're hanging out and we're fine and it's cool. But is it cool? Because they would see you die. So when I was on the Hill, there was no way you could come out. I mean, even if you're a Democrat. So, um, right. And, and there's a couple of reasons for that. I mean, obviously, it's not like today where people can come out and be accepted. I mean, and it was a very male dominated culture on the Hill. And my boss, and that is, that's a whole, that, that whole thing with him is a, is a podcast in and of itself. Because when I tell people about working for Austin Murphy from Pittsburgh, they said that should be a, 
That should be a comedy show. And he, by the way, he's still alive. He's going to be 97 next month, and he's doing great. But anyway, nobody came out, and Democrat or Republican. And I remember going to, uh, I would get drunk with my friends, straight friends, and then I would go and sneak away to go to the gay bar. And I always thought I was pulling an Irish exit, uh, but I was going to go try to get laid. And so I went and to the gay bars, and I remember the first time I saw him, it was Steve Gunderson. And he is sort of the gra- grandfather of, of gay Republicans. And I was shocked. Shocked that Steve Gunderson, a Republican from Wisconsin, no less, was in a gay bar. And by the way, it was on the second floor where they showed these like uh, really raunchy XXX movies. And there he was up there drinking a beer, watching them, you know. And so when I pass him in the hall, like in the Rayburn building or something on the hill, I would be like, oh, I know, I know what you do in your half hours. But that was it. And so I had the opportunity to talk to him a couple times. Um, and I talked to him for this article and, you know, he's still a Republican and well, he is the, he is the only one that I talked to who feels like that the, that the next generation of Republicans is going to, to change the party. No one else felt that way. Who's he talking about? What generation? The one right now or the ones yeah, that are, yeah, they're not changing it. Right. They're not. They're, they're Democrats or independents. And so there's no room in the Republican Party for young gay people. And so, you know, and that's what the other people, I talked about seven people for this article. That's what they kept pointing out. They're like, "Uh, sorry, there aren't. That's why they can't find candidates to run because nobody's going to gay candidates. You know, the Democratic Party does a good job of of recruiting. uh, You know, they have the Victory Fund. They have organizations that recruit gay candidates and not just for for the for federal house and senate but you know for state legislators and the republicans have, have nothing like that and um and that's why you have somebody like george santos get elected because do you this is what people don't realize the last time there was a gay republican in the u.s house of representatives was in 2006 when jim colby who recently died um from arizona with there, and he came out in the early 2000s. Since 2006, there has been no gay Republican elected to Congress until George Santos. Wow. Well, we can't talk about LGBT Republicans without talking about the mother of all gay Republican twats, George Santos. So tell our 14 listeners, remind them who George Santos is and why he's a living nightmare. Well, when I get asked this question a lot because people are like, what's his deal? And I explain, particularly with, if I'm with a large group of gay men, I said, George Santos is a guy you meet online who says he's 25, he has a 10-inch dick, and he's ripped, and he has a six-pack, and he shows up at your door, and he's fat, he's bald, and you have to search the pubic hairs to see any sort of a bump. <laughs> That's George Santos. And so he got in, uh, I mean, we all know he was uh, uh, parodied on Saturday Night Live in a couple of times, um, but he slipped through the cracks. And I was able to talk to uh, Robert Zimmerman, who was the Democrat who ran against him. And, you know, Zimmerman wasn't being defensive, but he's, you know, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, which is the arm of the, the Democrats that support 
uh, candidates for Congress around the country. And they gave him what's called an oppo report on Santos. And none of the lies, there were lies in there of things he had said about policy issues, but there were not any of the personal lies he talked about where he was married, where, you know, he had the uh, lawsuit in Brazil, um, where he uh, lied about working for Morgan Stanley or wherever the hell he said he was. But he went to Harvard. I mean, this guy was sleeping on a couch in his sister's apartment in Queens, okay? So um, here he comes. He's in Congress. And everybody says to me, why don't the Republicans kick him out? Well, that's a whole thing unto itself. But my theory is keep him in there. He is the poster boy for the Republican Party, which is full of lies. And Santa, when you think of Santos, you think of lies. So, you know, I see... Uh, Democratic candidates using Santos as a as a whipping boy, like the Republicans use us, because this guy is still in there. They've done nothing to him, and it's sickening. I get all his press releases. When I was on the Hill, you crank out press releases about supporting this bill, supporting that bill, whatever. And this kook is sending out ridiculous press releases about supporting these non-essential bills and you know i don't know if you saw on twitter yesterday that he said um he wants to drop the t in lgbtq because trans people are are worthless something like that he took he had to take the twitter uh the tweet down but that's what he he posted yeah he wanted to separate lgb from the rest of the other letters and like break off and just be lgb right and, I can't believe he took know, the tweet down. I'm actually shocked. Yeah, me too. He said so many other things. I mean, he's clearly a transphobe. And, my, you know, a lot of us say, is he really gay? Because mm. Zimmerman told me that the media, which does not have time to dig into George Santos's uh, past when there's all these other congressional campaigns going around in New York. And, that you know, that was a ball of little time because the Republicans were saying crime, crime, crime. The Democrats were, you know, and that, and that was responsible for some of the congressional lots here in New York. So the media only treated that race as the first time two gay men were running against each other. And then they walked away. That's it. That was what that race was about. Two gay men running against each other. And so there was no... The media did not cover policy. They did not dig into the fact that Santos, these lies were popping up when he ran before for Congress. Nobody followed up on it. I know. We were furious. at Like, they're happy to sit and talk ad nauseum about Donald fucking Trump mm-hmm. all day long when he's not even in office and just, and is, you know, classified documents. And I'm just never ending, never ending, never ending. But, like, actually doing, like, investigative shit that mm-hmm. could matter in, during the election they just they just drop the ball like mm-hmm. major and i don't know i mean i feel like if he lies i feel like he's one of those people who you know is gay for pay like he'll be anything yeah. you need him to be to get wherever he needs to go he's probably he's a sociopath and he's probably an asexual because he's just whatever he needs to be i mean that's the great, vibe i get great point and i actually talked to tim miller who uh well, he's not a Republican anymore. He left the party, but he was a spokesperson for the Republican National Committee. And um, he's a great guy. But um, he said, um, and by the way, he was never a law cabinet Republican. So I give a little applause to Tim Miller. But Tim said that George Santos was an opportunist. 
there was the, too many people running in the Democratic primary. So he, 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 he just ran in the Republican because it was the easiest way. He said he would have, he would have supported Obama at that point. He's, he, he has no beliefs. He has no, he's not a Republican at all, right? He is. And the problem is he is in Congress. He's a liar. He's not on any committees. He's just up there taking space and they keep him around. Yeah, well, I would say an opportunistic lying sociopath is perfect for a Republican Party. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yes, very well put. So um, I put a lot of like gay Republicans, not all of them, but many of them in the same category as pro-life Democrats. Uh, so yeah. even though Julie wants to throw them all in a fire and watch them burn <laughs> while she makes s'mores over their <laughs> smoldering bodies, um, I have I do have a weird empathy for both groups because, again, like I said earlier, it, it all comes from religion. They're scared to lose their religion. They're scared of whatever they're what they grew up knowing, the wrath of God, who knows their families. And they've got some they've got some internal like ethics struggle. I mean, what are your thoughts on pro-life Democrats? Yeah, you know, I, I, there's no. I don't think there is any room in the, you know, Bob Casey in, in Pennsylvania, the senior senator from Pennsylvania, he's pro-life because uh, his father was. And by the way, uh, Casey, I, I was working at a time when his father was the governor and everybody thought I was a son. So that worked in my advantage, really. But the, but the issue here is that overwhelmingly voters don't want, um, don't want the government in, in, in women's health issues. And, the, you know, when I spoke to Nancy Pelosi last week, she kept calling them losers, these Republicans, because uh. the abortion is a losing issue and they keep pressing it. And you saw what happened yesterday in Florida and, and all of these states are passing these North Carolina, these horrendous abortion laws. And, and um, so it, it it's a losing issue. And I think it's why you don't see any pro-life though very very few pro-life democrats because of the fact that it is a losing issue and you know i had a conversation with a a, a political guy who wrote an op-ed in the new york times right before the 2022 election and he said the democrats are going to do much better than everybody thinks they are and it's because of abortion and i wrote a column about that and said he was right and that's what happened Democrats primarily won on the fact of, of, Roe, B, of Roe v. Wade being overturned. You, the, the, I just want to express to both of you that from this conversation, John and you, Brandy, and whatever, we figured out, we pinpointed the exact problem through George Santos and the Republican <laughs> Party and just really humanity, what the problem is. Uh, George Santos, let's just say he is a gay man. Okay. For for argument mm -hmm. purposes, wants okay. to remove the T in the LGBTQ community. That is the difference between Republicans and Democrats. That's all <gasps> Republicans do <laughs> is try to remove things and take away things, while Democrats try to include everyone. And oh, so John, it's through the letter. He audibly gasped. And it's through the letter. The fact that a gay man, let's say, arguably, wants to remove the T 
from LGBTQ. It's been in there for long enough. They've, you know what I mean? I wanted been... to remove all of the other letters, yeah, starting I mean, with the T. If that's your platform is to remove, first of all, letters, you already <laughs> kill yourself, but you want to remove. That's all they do. That's all they care about. And whether they care about it or not, that's all they know is going to bring them power. Or it's going to get them money or it's going to get them whatever. Yeah, exclude, 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 exclude. And even being pro-life is excluding. You're controlling and excluding. And marginalizing. And marginalizing while you think you're being moral or whatever. And then Democrats, and then we get shit for it because we're woke. And we're so woke. <laughs> and well, I'm so annoying. And fine, we can be annoying, whatever, but we're trying to include, include, include. And that's the difference. And we just figured it out in a very basic, basic way. I'm so excited about it. I don't know why you have the word dumb in the title of this show. <laughs> I just don't understand that. So but you... you're, you're right. And that is really what's going on. And it ha it's happening in, um, look, in what happened in Tennessee. The two Justins get kicked out because they're black. Exclude right. the blacks. Yep. We don't want them. Get them out. And what happened in Montana? My God, she she got up there and she all she said was, "You have blood on your hands," which they will. And what do they oh, yeah. do? Kick them out. Yep. Exclude you. Exclude yep. you. Happened in Nebraska. A woman stands up for her um, in the state house and stands up for her uh, uh, trans daughter. What do they do? They, they put an ethics investigation on her because they said that they there was a chance if they passed the bill, this woman would be eligible for Medicare, which was false. There's, so it's exclude, exclude, exclude. And this yeah. is why the Republican Party has absolutely no future in it right now. It's because yeah. this generation, the younger generation, is all about inclusion. It's all about acceptance. And when they, the Republicans say exclude, exclude, expel, expel, exclude, you know what? The younger generation's like, who are you? You're some kind of old white straight man. Get get the fuck out of here. So we hope we can get it. we can get those those that are turning libertarian mm. who think they're being inclusive. They just don't want to share any of their money or help anyone. But they yeah. but they don't want to go against anyone or legislate against people, but they don't want to share any of their money. There's, you know, and so unfortunately that ain't how this works. Motherfucker. I just sent in a $6,500 check and said, good. I hope we get some roads and bridges. Okay. I hope we get our, you know, some clean drinking water with $6,500 of my money. Okay. That wasn't easy, John. That wasn't easy. No, I really wanted to get a face full of fillers. <laughs> And some body contouring done. <laughs> but now I'm helping other people's children go to school with clean mm -hmm. water fountains. No good for you yeah. on, on doing that. And that's what, you know, money is the bloodline. And if the Democrats have been outraising the Republicans. And it's no secret why. Because more people are seeing the threat to democracy, seeing all the expulsions, X, 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 as you said. And they, they don't want their government to, to work that way. Well, John, thank you so much for doing our stupid podcast. Um, no, have you, smart, smart. So have you changed your mind about coming back next week to talk about Nancy Pelosi? Oh, my God. I can't wait to come back next week to talk about <laughs> Nancy Pelosi. Okay. Who well, tell our 14 listeners where they can find you just in case you change your mind about not changing your mind. 
Well, I mean, I'm on The Advocate. I write about two columns a week. So just, just log on to The Advocate. And if you're desperate enough and you are really that bored and have absolutely nothing to do, <laughs> then you can Google John Casey, The Advocate, and there should be a link to my columns there. And God bless you, because you will be the first one to do that. The second, actually, because I do that every day. Well, we also heard that your next article is going to be a huge expose on uh, dumb gay politics. <laughs> Oh, man, wait till we hear about you guys. I've been talking to the pro-life Democrats, and man, do they have a thing to say. Good. Woo. Okay, so we talk a lot about uh, fucking thinning hair on this show, and the reason is because I'm obsessed. You know, when I was younger, I was, like, more concerned with, like, having, like, long hair and making my hair grow long, and I started dealing with like supplements just because I wanted my hair long. Now, if you're a young, uh, you know, a gal or a uh, guy, ger or burr who mm -hmm. wants the length, then Nutrafol will do it for you. But if you're um, an, a, an aging, a maturing ger mm. or burr, yes. um, such as us, Mamau, yeah. the focus, the focus, um, it doesn't get off of getting longer for me, but it definitely, we want to maintain the thickness of our hair. Yeah. We don't want thinning hair. No. We don't want, we don't want a Nance Pelosi, you know, big, we don't want to have to be putting makeup in our parts. No. We're not trying to do a Joe Gorga painting no. on of our scalp. No. You know, you don't want to do that. You have, um, you want to be not concerned about any kind of bald spotting going on no, with your man head. I don't. If enough, I get into a rustling, I don't want the, the ink to come off. No. If you get into a tussle up in a New Jersey um, ski chalet. Yeah. I don't want the the the, the ink to, to, to no, puff out. to come off the makeup and the dye. So, you know, I we have found Nutrafol. We've been using it. I've been using it for over a year. Um you might not even if you don't care then good i'm sorry you are apparently you're swedish or you're scandinavian of some sort and your shit's thick and good for you go on with your fucking self but the rest of us our shit is thin our shit be looking thin mm -hmm. the edges aren't there mm -hmm. we're trying to get the baby hairs in we're trying to get the parts thick and filled out and i have found that nutrafol works like a mug also it does grow my hair it grows my hair on my puss on my legs mm. on my upper lip mm. uh my flavor saver comes in strong Ooh, yeah yep. my nails yeah the amount of times that you and i cut our nails while we were out of town together we were out of town for i guess it was only 15 days it certainly felt like 37 sure but did. i felt like we cut our nails three times at in least 15 days at that's least. a lot a lot I believe 100% that's because of Nutrafol. Um, it's really common to experience like hair thinning and and like like a less of a coverage on your scalp. But also people do feel um, when you get into your 20s, your hair's not growing like it was when you were a teenager and you want the length. Mm. Nutrafol addresses all of that. They, they have their formulas. You pick based on whatever stage of your life you're in. Like I said before, it's like postpartum, could be menopause, pre-menopause, post-menopause, during menopause. It's physician-formulated. It's drug-free, medical-grade ingredients. It's like perfectly dosed out. It's not some bullshit one-a-day bullshit, like tiny little capsule that's just going to come out in your shit. 
I'm telling you, it addresses the five root causes of thinning hair, which is stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism, which is like, that's what's up with with anything hair, skin, nails related. It's going to be like a whole body health situation and Nutrafol addresses those. Um, in the clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. I count myself in that. Um, and I really, really, truly recommend it. You got to try it. You will see your edges come in strong. 3,000 plus doctors and stylists recommend the shit. You got to try it. It's super effective, high quality product. Yes, you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code DGP to save $10 off your first month subscription. This offer is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus free shipping on every order. Get $10 off at Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com promo code DGP. Okay, so you guys know we love AG1 by Athletic Greens. Mm -hmm. um, it's a simple powder that you put in. You know, it's one scoop of powder. You put it in a glass of water. Drink it down. The taste is good. It <laughs> tastes healthy. It tastes like motivation. Mm -hmm. It tastes like healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It tastes like you're cleansing. Mm -hmm. Like, even if you're not, I love it as a hangover cure. Yeah. I will say we didn't get into it as a hangover cure. We first tried AG1 by Athletic Greens because we wanted something that you could do to get onto a like a vitamin supplement train without having mm -hmm. to take like a million pills, buy a million pills, vitamins and that it becomes a whole to do that's a pain in the ass and we wanted to see if you could stick with something in a routine. And you immediately noticed just a crazy difference in your energy. Mm -hmm. um, AG1 has like nine gazillion billion <laughs> vitamins and minerals mm -hmm. and healthy things in it. Um, one of the things it definitely has is it, it has a probiotic, which makes that's really rare. And I think for you, drinking it in the morning before your coffee. One, people rarely break their fast in the morning with water. You're, you, you know, people stumble to the kitchen um, for the cup of ambition. Yeah, okay? that's right. And whether it be tea or coffee to have like a glass of water first thing in the morning is so like invigorating and refreshing and it will help your gut because it has probiotics and it's crucial if you're not doing probiotics in 2023 if nothing else, you got to just do it through AG1 Athletic Greens probiotics alone. But that doesn't even, you know, include every fucking other thing that is in this product. Like, it's so crazy good for you. You're going to notice, like, improved digestion, like, your hair and skin, your sleep. It's just part of an overall healthy lifestyle. We, for us, you know, we're not doctors, but we have noticed like increased energy and mood support. And um, we just feel like we're we're trying to live our best life when we do it. It's so easy. Again, one scoop of powder in water. Um, 75, here's the exact shit. 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients of the highest quality, okay, that give major 
benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. Okay, these are what those these 75 vitamins and minerals are designed to do. Vitamins work. I don't know what to say. Minerals work. Yep. The shit works. That's yep. why it's in the food. Yeah, exactly. This isn't fucking that's pressed right. into some fucking capsule that's going to come out in your poo. You're going to put it in water, drink it down. It's going to absorb into your gut, go into your bloodstream. You're going to feel immediately fucking energized. Yep. We love it. We love it. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash dumbgay. That's athleticgreens.com slash dumbgay. Check it out. Now it's time for So There's That. All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a So There's That moment that's happening because of or in spite of the diarrhea toilet Republicans and the ignorant Facebook Fox News army that follows them. She hates doing it because it's damn near impossible to find an uplifting story to end the show on a positive note when half of the country are mind-controlled members of a morally bankrupt right-wing cult and the rest of us are whiny entitled virtue signalers who are too busy keyboard fighting with our own side to win the ultimate war. But we're here. We just got back from Palm Springs. We're on a cleanse that we've pretty much stayed on, taking five different sets of herbs every three hours. <laughs> and we just spoke to the editor-in-chief mm. of The Advocate. And we have so many things to be grateful for, but we still need you to tell us what we can be hopeful for Ooh, in politics. Well, now, now. I don't know about that. This was a really weird week, and I uh, was so in my feelings, so I'm really, we'll see. And I, okay, let me just say this. I can't say that I'm that jazzed about a new king in the world, and in general, a monarchy and pomp and circumstance is just dumb, but as we know, we've lived through some history this week and I find that it was important to discuss so okay as an idealistic lover of romantic comedies and fantasies about pirates and aliens and an unrealistic relationship I'm so here for Charles and Camilla in every way if you haven't been paying attention or know who I'm talking about I'm of course talking about the very problematic newly anointed King Charles and Queen Camilla of Great Britain the son of Queen Elizabeth II, the cutest queen in history, and father of Bald William and Spare Harry. Now, of course, the controversy and never-ending thirst bucketry of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle has been in the news for quite a while now. Harry renounced his royal status, and he and Meghan moved to Montecito, where they haven't stopped whining about how awful the royal family is, while simultaneously asking for privacy while going so far as to doing a public pay-per-view of Harry's therapy session. Rather than stay in the family and make changes from within, they quit, moved to America, and have been pursuing attention-seeking, public shaming of their family, and of course victim-thirsting as a full profession. Harry, however, did return home to watch his father and his father's mistress while his mother was alive become queen. I mean, you can't write this shit. Now, 
The messy modern royal family has been revealed to be a problematic, old-school racist, big white colonistic mess. At the same time, Queen Elizabeth II was a kid when she became queen and spent her life in service to a country and a time that she had no other choice but to submit to. You know why? Because men. She has, during her life, tried to make changes to be more inclusive, but of course those changes are slow and barely visible. The royal family is a divisive and controversial symbol within the world, but mostly Great Britain, due to the fact that the people pay for the family through their taxes, and many have pushed for the entire monarchy to be disbanded and eradicated completely, while the majority of people seem to like it. Well, they've become a um, divisive, controversial figure here, too, because now... Harry and Meghan live in Montecito, <laughs> and That's everybody right. argues about it all throughout That's the right. L.A. basin. Exactly. <laughs> now, the people who like their monarchy in Great Britain have argued that it brings in tourism, interest around the world, and the historical ties are ones to keep alive as to the tradition of it all is a staple in British life. It's almost like having a living museum and time machine. So fortunately, <laughs> or unfortunately, as Trump would say when it comes to rape, Remember that little chestnut? Uh-huh. However you feel, King Charles was kinged, and he made Camilla his queen, bitch. Charles was married to Princess Diana, the most beloved royal figure in almost all of modern history. He didn't want to marry her. He wanted to be with Camilla, but Elizabeth wouldn't allow it. So he, much like 70% of humanity, marries someone they shouldn't, and he went ahead and kept seeing the love of his life. He and Diana eventually divorced. She was murdered by paparazzi, and he married Camilla. Was Camilla already married, though? She was so it married. Wasn't just that Elizabeth didn't let him marry her. She was already married. Or divorced. Whatever the reason, they couldn't get married. Well, whatever the reason was, they weren't allowed to get married. So they each lived their separate lives. She's well, you blamed married. Elizabeth, so I felt bad. I mean, Queen Elizabeth. I well, I bad. yeah, because well, she ultimately said he couldn't marry her. That's the well, story she's a anyway. Bitch for that. <laughs> I mean, that's the story anyway. I mean, I don't know. Or whatever the they wanted her to marry Diana, so he did. So in the same way that she became queen. Well, everyone hated Camilla and fucking blamed her and blah blah blah, and the world dragged them to filth, but still they persisted. And however you cut it, to me, this is the love story for the ages. Not only did they stay together, they became king and motherfucking queen. It is so next level on every level, the levels have been leveled. Why is it wasn't Queen Elizabeth's husband king? Why does only the king's queen, wife get to be queen? Queen Elizabeth, who was the bloodline of the monarchy, was mm -hmm. queen. Her husband, I guess, technically would be king by I don't think they do that by marriage. But they, a queen can be a queen by marriage? She's supposed to be the queen consort, which so, means... So is he the king consort? So I husband. guess technically speaking, I don't know if there's a king consort. But she... she ain't the queen of England. No, 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 no. She, she's... <laughs> technically, she's supposed to be called the queen consort. Okay. Which is the queen consort is just there to give her husband <laughs> everything a, a, a wife head. gives. <laughs> so, and as far as... Queen Elizabeth's husband, it, in his important role, he carried the title Prince Philip instead of King Philip, following historical precedent and royal tradition. Uh, but she gets to be queen consort. This, probably because the king. Queen concubine. I have a feeling probably, and I'm guessing because we don't have time, but I would guess because the king 
can do what he wants. Yeah. I think the king could probably be like, she's my queen. Right. Rather than the queen being like, he's my king. Because once he's the king, <laughs> I think that overrules the queen. Oh, okay. So you can't have king and queen. Mm. I could be wrong if there's a royal historian out there. <laughs> tell us. But I'm pretty sure that's probably what it is. Well, anyway. and, I mean, and Dione and people just in England probably know. Yeah, if you, you know, know, just let us know. I mean, I'll read about it. And, then and Dione's whatever. like, bitch, I don't still listen. <laughs> So the coronation just happened. Everyone had an opinion about it. But what I want to focus on is not only the love story, obviously, which I'm obsessed with on every level, but the fact that King Charles, for the first time in history, tried to make a more inclusive coronation service. Historically, the coronation of a king or a queen is a religious ceremony that takes place by the archbishops and men, 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 anointing the king or queen by God to be king or queen, blah, blah, blah. While Charles, in a very modern twist... Whether he believes in this shit or not, is clearly trying to keep his job, his title, his houses, and his money, and made the service the most diverse and inclusive in its history. For the first time, he added a multi-faith service. He had a procession of multi-faith leaders. He had a reading by a Hindu prime minister and the glorious Ascension Choir, which is an all-black choir. Charles added a catchphrase to his oath that said uh, he... Establish, he wants to establish a church that will, quote, seek to foster an environment in which people of all faiths and beliefs may live freely. And he expressly said he wanted to put that in there. There was a rabbi, an imam, a Hindu Sikh. A black woman held the orb to deliver to him. A woman gave him a jeweled sword. And these all may seem like minor and petty pandering offerings. But in my opinion, after thousands of years of white male and very few women who ruled under the thumbs of men, I find this to be a huge moment for society and a reflection of what a symbolistic diplomatic monarchy can be. If they're already existing and can be utilized for good and can work in service of the people, I'm all for it. Now, one place where none, of course, <laughs> where there was no inclusivity was on the Buckingham Palace balcony. You may remember if you watched it when they all stood on the balcony and waved to everyone. This is the whole the whole family. So one British TV guy was said. Was Harry allowed? No. Uh -huh. So one British TV guy said he loved the, quote, rich diversity of the Abbey, but it was a, quote, terribly white balcony. I love the rich diversity of the Abbey, too. Yes, exactly. We all do. <laughs> like the Abbey. I, the I Abbey, mean, exactly. Super no, we've fun. been kicked we out of it. The, yeah, we've yeah. been kicked out several mm -hmm. times for doing drugs in the bathroom. Yeah. Now, this is ironic because had Harry and Meghan stayed and had some grit and some balls, it could have been different. All in all for me and why this is important to feel good is because we get a twofer. We get a love story triumphant over every single demon and evil and horrendous obstacle, whether good or bad, is a lesson in love and faith and joy and pain and sunshine and rain. Joy mm -hmm. and pain. Check it up. Plug it up. Plug it up. Sunshine. <laughs> And rain. As we go. Here we go. Give it to me, Rob. <laughs> yes. It's also a lesson in change and evolution and that changes can come. And even when they're small, they're important and profound. We can't lose sight of that. And if more people could appreciate nuance and we can take a second to listen to each other, we could all find ourselves king and queen. And whether you're religious or not, and even if you don't like old antiquated religious ceremonies, which no one does, <laughs> well, no one, you can't deny that inclusion in all and any of its forms is what we should all be striving for. Good luck, King Charles and Queen Consort Camilla. We're rooting for you. And fuck Brexit. So there's that. Freedom.
that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Thank you guys for listening to our stupid podcast. We love and appreciate all 14 of you so much. If you're new here, which I mean, at this point, there's not anyone new, but no, um, not right now. If you've been here and you still have not joined our fucking Patreon podcast, maybe you're sick of hearing about politics. Maybe you just think the show's fallen off. Maybe you don't like whatever. Just consider checking out the Patreon, please. Our Patreon podcasts are completely different than this one. We do two a week every week. They're both an hour. There's no politics, no ads, no structure, and no rules. It's just supposed to be stress-free, mindless fun. Mm-hmm. And you can subscribe for only a dollar. Uh-huh. You get one podcast a week for a dollar and <laughs> two podcasts a week for $2. And when you sign up, you will immediately get access to hundreds of hours of timeless back podcasts. Hundreds of hours. I mean, hundreds there's a million hours. Okay. Yeah. There's a list pinned to the top of the feed of all of our most popular episodes, but a lot of people like to start at our very first Patreon episode from back in 2017 and listen all the way up until now. Yeah, that's the only way you're going to know everything Nyak knew from Nyak. the very beginning, just knowing all the deets, yeah. all the deets. Um, there's a link to a free episode in the description below this podcast, or you can go to our website, julianbrandy.com. And there's a button on every page that says click to listen to our free Patreon episode. Or you can just Google Julie and Brandy Patreon. It's super easy to find. And we're begging you to find it, to find it and try it. Just try it. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. And John Casey. John Casey. Listen, we got the senior editor of The Advocate and we still somehow managed to have a crappy podcast. How'd you do, I? See, you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dime, because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man. By the light of day But by night I'm one hell of a lover I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme And maybe play you a sign You look like you're both pretty grooving you want something visual that's not too abysmal we could take in an old steve reeves movie i'm glad we caught you at home could we use your phone we're both in a bit of a hurry right we'll just say where we are then go back to the car we don't want to be any worry well you got caught with a flat wheel How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania. Stay for the night. Night. Or maybe a bite. Night. 
I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan, and he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. A sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. <laughs> <laughs>